Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host, Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's right. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. Woo! Woo! Yes, girl. Today on the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast, our guest, Alicia Carlson, shares her journey of freedom from bondage to diet culture and tells us about the transformation that is possible when we realize it's not about the action, it's all about the heart. Alicia Carlson is a non-diet lifestyle coach and founder of The Strong Her Way. She works with women using her non-diet approach to food, fitness, and life transformation to help her clients create a healthy and balanced lifestyle without dieting, deprivation, or restriction. Alicia teaches women how to radically love themselves, their bodies, and their lives. Before we jump into our conversation today with Alicia, as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes, this program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so you can then improve your relationship with food, with your body, and with God and cast out dieting for good. Let's jump into the episode. Hey, Alicia. Good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Erin. Hi, Shar. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited. So we got to start off with uh, your God story or your food story, your, your choice. Take us back to the beginning. Oh, well, so it's actually super funny. Today is my husband and mine's 14th wedding anniversary. And I was just kind of reflecting on that year. Thank you. (laughs) And so if I'm doing my math correctly, that was 2007. And Actually, so we got married the 13th, but I believe I was baptized on the 4th of July, which is so fun Um, because like in the States, you know, that's Independence Day and really kind of where we celebrate um, freedom. And I remember like being baptized in this freezing cold lake in central Oregon up in the mountains and to like all things, there was a bald eagle kind of circling as I was being baptized. So um, for me, that was kind of obviously like a big moment um, in my God story. I grew up in a, I would say air quotes, Christian family um, in that, you know, we kind of grew up believing that there was a God, believing that the Bible just was the truth and that's what it was. But it was very much um, in my perspective or like reflecting on it, it was very much like the rules and the religion and less emphasis on the relationship aspect. Um, And so, you know, in my own like immediate family, my dad was not a believer. My mom grew up in a Christian home. Um, However, like she had strayed from her faith, there was definitely like substance abuse, domestic abuse in my household. And so I think in the back of my mind, like the seed was planted that there was a God and, you know, he had a very specific way for us to live our lives, but that was kind of the extent of it for a bulk of me growing up. 
Um, but as I got older and more independent from my family, I definitely went my own way in the world, uh, pursued all the things for myself, but like early twenties, I really felt like he was starting to kind of tug on my heart. And what's funny is like, I even remember being in high school, kind of going through some pretty hard things with my family and still like in the pit of that despair, like calling out to God and just like praying, like, God, why are you, you know, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? So it was like, even though the seed was planted a long time ago and it didn't really, I wouldn't say like take root or germinate or whatever the process of a seed is (laughs) until later. Um, I'm so thankful that even in like a broken attempt to introduce me to God, like he still, I just was reflecting and was so thankful that he just always pursued me even when I was running. Um, so yeah, I became a Christian in my early twenties, um, got married. And I would say that was kind of about the both, both when my husband and I started to really pursue God and, um, you know, it's been definitely an adventure and a journey and there's been like drifting away and coming back. And I'm so thankful really, I think for the last year or two where I feel like my faith is actually finally becoming my own and not even just what I'm learning from church and from other pastors and other Christians. But, um, I think really just having to wrestle with God on some things, has um, made it so much more real and at a place where I feel like I can actually call my faith my own. Oh my gosh, girl. I am like, yes, 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 yes. Like (laughs) connecting on so many levels with you. Um, Woo. And I want to ask all kinds of questions. Bring it in a little bit. (laughs) Um, can can I ask, like having to wrestle with your faith a little bit in the last little bit, what's that about? What does it look like? How does that make your faith stronger? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe this kind of ties into the food story a little bit. Um, I would say really over the last year or two, I've seen kind of three distinct areas in my life where God has graciously given me the opportunity to either continue to do things the way that I've always done it, like the way that I've just learned to adapt and to handle situations or to kind of step into a new thing that he wants to do. And the first one, like reflecting back, um, really was about food and exercise and my body and weight and things like that. Um, Like, obviously at the time I didn't see what I didn't see it from the perspective that I can see now. And I think that's the beautiful thing about having a messy journey and being able to reflect back. Um, the other time was in, I I went back to school to get my degree. I I was a mom at that point married, um, and really just the striving for achievement there. And then the third one, which this is really where I feel like God has like kind of busted open the shell of my heart has been in building my business. And just really allowing me to see that even though these three things were kind of distinct and different from each other, the underlying part of trying to strive and trying to achieve in order to feel a certain way about myself was the same thread. And so um, for me, that really has been the wrestling is just 
challenging God, questioning God, questioning my beliefs about him. Um, because I think underlying, you know, it was like, I believed from like an intellectual perspective and even from a heart perspective that God was good, but always like he was good to other people. And for some reason, you know, there was always this sense that maybe he was disciplining me. You know, we hear that scripture, like God disciplines those that he loves, but it just felt like, okay, I just obviously have messed up and I'm just being disciplined. And so to really um, even just dive in and kind of question like, okay, well, why do I believe this about God? Or why do I believe in God, but I don't believe God at his word for me? Mm -hmm. And so that's really been a big part of the wrestling. Yeah. And you were saying that you kind of transitioned from your faith being like just what you learned from your pastor or whatever to like being this true, like this faith that was yours. Mm -hmm. So. I, I I know lots of people have heard people talk about that, right? Like that transition of the faith becoming mm-hmm. yours. And like, what did that look like? What did that feel like? What did that practically, what did you do? I I think, I mean, I think with every transformation, we want it, we think like, it's just going to be this like huge, amazing, like very blatant epiphany that happens. But literally and truly, I think when I identified that I was on a walk with my husband, with our dogs, and we were just talking and I was like, you know, I just really feel like in the last year I've turned a corner and for the first time in my entire life, I feel like my faith was mine. I think the process really, I, God used me building a business and having to kind of examine all of the thoughts that I had about myself, about business, about success, about money. Um, and about him to really like dive in and like, okay, what does the Bible say about this? What have I been making that mean? Or like, what are all of the thoughts that I have about this particular scripture or his character or even myself and really just like wrestling and challenging, like, you know, for example, like, since this is the freshest thing that I've been working on, but like money and success or, you know, really wanting to build a successful business there was so much shame wrapped up in that and so much guilt and just the the belief that like, well, a, a you know, I, I'm a fan of air quotes, but like a good Christian woman wouldn't want these things. She wouldn't want to be ambitious like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that he really has been revealing like, but what if that's exactly how I've wired you? Like the things that you want, the things that I've placed in your heart, like even just talking to other women seeing that he hasn't necessarily wired other people that way. And instead of shrinking back and feeling ashamed of that, it's like leaning in and just embracing that. Okay, God, I I'm choosing to believe that this is how you've created me. And I'm going to hold the space that there's also sin involved in that. And there is, you know, selfish desire or selfish ambition that he is wanting to kind of press out. And I think that's where, you know, walking through the hardship, walking through the suffering, walking through the difficult circumstances, I can either sit and look at that as God is disciplining me because he's not pleased with me and he's trying to punish me and he's trying to show me something from a very like authoritarian place. Or I can choose to see the pressing as like, he loves me so much and he wants to see these things that he's planted in my heart come to fruition. But also he knows that if he doesn't work these things out of me, like I will destroy myself. Like 
there's just no way about that. Um, and so it's been a, a, a painful process, but I think also just like being okay to really question the belief that I have about God and like, what am I believing to be true about him and why? And is that actually the truth of like how he is explained in his character in the Bible? So I, did that answer the question? Totally answers. <laughs> totally answers the question that I was asking. Cause I just think that can be a really scary place mm-hmm. to be where you're starting to question things that you've believed your whole life or, it, you know, is that really what the Bible says or like, why do mm-hmm. I feel this way or what's that? And I think a lot of women experience that in this letting go of diet culture situation. Mm-hmm. Like we start to mm-hmm. look at maybe scriptures that have been quoted our whole lives in a different way. Um, so you know, you really explained getting into the word and asking mm-hmm. God, what did you mean by this? Is this true? Is this false? Uh-oh, um, hold on a second. Yep. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's, it's important for people to see kind of what that looks like and that it's, it's not always this like feel good journey um, I think like what you're like, what you're just explaining to me recently is like this beautiful, like mentorship, like someone that's coming and putting their arms around you and saying, I love you. And I want you to succeed. And here's some constructive mm-hmm. criticism. Let's work these things out. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's and really I, I re- remember reading uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst. And I can't remember if it was in the book or the workbook. But she described the olive tree and the process that, you know, like the olive tree needs, it was like both the east and the west wind. And I can't remember which is which, but one was more of a dry wind. And then one was more of like a cool, refreshing wind. And the olive tree needs both to grow and to thrive. And then, you know, the way that she even explained the olive, it's like the most prized and precious part of the olive tree is the oil. That's the most expensive. That's the most valued, but you don't get that without the pressing. And that just really like that imagery. I'm such a visual person that that it was like, Oh, like we actually do need that pressing. We do need the suffering. We do need the rustling Mm -hmm. because that's when God has the opportunity to press like the best things out of us while kind of removing um, the impurities. Like if we're going to stick with that or stick with like biblical language, but like removing the things that aren't of him, the things that aren't healthy, the things that aren't going to be beneficial and uplifting to other people. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I, I love the, uh, I saw Lisa give that message at the word alive conference one time and i haven't read that book so i'm glad uh it's made it into multiple things i'm gonna have to see if i have that book still and dig it out because just that picture of the refining um Mm -hmm. and the sanctification process seeing that i'm visual too like seeing that and recognizing okay the struggle and being pressed down is really um it's really out of love and it can it can Mm -hmm changes for the better for so 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 much better and I just want to hear um a little bit more of how you wrestled specifically Alicia in that 
in that pressing area and examining your thoughts and wrestling through that with what you really believed about food and body and how did that play out in your mm. pressing season um, with food and body struggles? Yeah. Um, so I think I shared briefly, like one of, I think the, the first things that God, or like one of the first areas that I really struggled with and I can reflect back and see was around my body. It was around weight loss. It was around looking a certain way, being a certain size. I just grew up in a household or in a family where that was like very prized. Um, and recently I, I was back visiting with some of the same family and there wasn't as much diet chatter, but still very much like kind of this overarching message that certain bodies were better and things like that. Um, so I really internalized that and I made it kind of my goal where it was like, I, you know, I want to look a certain way. I want to be a certain size and I was successful at it. I mean, I figured out how to diet successfully. I, I got on stage, I did fitness competitions. I, you know, did all of these things. And I feel like I would be remiss in saying that the whole entire experience was negative because I do also think that there were a lot of things that I learned in the, the, the realm of like committing to a goal and learning to like stick with something. So, um, I don't want to discount that whole, like all of those experiences as negative, but I think on the backside of that, what I saw was really like how much of an idol I made my weight or I made food or I made my body or exercise even, and just how much emphasis I had put on that. Um, and you know, that was like, fresh in my relationship, even with the Lord. And so I didn't see it as any of that. Um, but looking back, I could really see that that was, um, what I had made it was, you know, a God and it definitely, I think, um, vied for his, his place, you know, like it was him or this. And I think a lot of times in that season of my life, the exercise and the food and my body and myself won out. Um, more recently, and this was kind of where I think my journey around food and exercise transitioned is I just remember standing in my kitchen, taking, you know, before pictures again. And at this point I had been coaching in the fitness and nutrition space and just thinking like, you know, why, why am I here again? Like, why does this feel so hard? Why does living a healthy lifestyle feel harder than living, you know, a quote unquote unhealthy lifestyle. And, you know, the Holy spirit, I, I believe really just spoke to me and he was like, because you have been, you know, calling it a lifestyle, but you've been dieting the whole time. And that was really, I think an eye opener for me to kind of explore. And that was kind of where, you know, I learned about diet culture, learned about the diet mentality, the diet mindset. And really, it's like you can have, like, you can do the same actions. You can exercise or you can eat a certain way, but it's like, what's the motive? What's the heart? What's the mindset that's driving that? And that's, I think, is either going to create the freedom or it's going to create, um, you know, imprisonment or enslavement. Yeah, absolutely. So, what were some of the, like, when you started recognize when you heard from the Holy Spirit, you know, like, oh, you say this is a lifestyle, um, but 
actually, that's not what's been happening here. Like, what were some of the things that you, the thought processes or the lies that you kind of weeded out and discovered that you were thinking while you were doing the dieting? Um, I think probably the biggest one was really just thinking that that was kind of where my worth and my value came from, Mm -hmm. or that, you know, somehow I would be happier if I was in a smaller body or if I looked a certain way, like, I just think that's such a, a cliche Mm -hmm. lie that we're sold is that, yeah, if you just look like this, like, you know, you're going to land the man of your dreams. You're going to have the perfect family, the perfect career everything in life is just going to go so well. And ironically, it was like the more that I pursued this physical perfection of my body, the more it felt like my family was falling apart. My marriage um, did a lot of reflecting, like I said today, about just the last 14 years. And that period of our marriage and our family was rough for me to the point where I was like, I'm just, there were times where I was like, I'm just going to leave. Like this is, you know, what if we just left? And I don't think that it was all because of, you know, my behavior around food or exercise, but I do think that I was so self-focused that, um, I wasn't there. I don't think in the capacity as a wife or a mom that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to appease sort of that self-focus, well, I'll just leave, you know, and I'll just go start something else or I'll take the kids and we'll go somewhere else. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would say we've had like 12 great years of marriage and then probably two that were really rough. Um, but also I'm just so thankful that we were able to walk through that because that really sort of shattered this veil. I think that kind of opened me up to seeing like, my part in it and the ways that certain things that I was doing were creating this reality in our, our life and our family and our marriage. Um, but then also just open the opportunity for my husband to come forward and talk about some things that he had been struggling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you put it about mindset a few moments ago. I like wrote that down. Was, I, I'm going to try and recapture what you said. Because it bears repeating. Talking about doing the same behaviors, the same eating, the same exercise, but it was your mindset that is creating either freedom or enslavement. Mm -hmm. And that is how we've been saying it slightly differently, but it's the same (laughs) thing. It's like, it's not what you do. It's like Mm -hmm. why you're doing it. It's how Mm -hmm. you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it really hard, I think, to explain to some people because how do you say, like, examine your thoughts? How do you say, like, <laughs> give yourself a heart check? <laughs> how, um, how, how do you like to express um, that if you're if you're working with women around food and body? Like, how do you really get? It's it's not about the food. It's always a heart issue. It's always a mindset issue. So, how do you help people realize that? And how did you realize it in your own life? Yeah, I think. Uh... So when I'm working with other people, and I think for even for myself, like as a beginner of the work of like mental and emotional health around this or any topic in life, I think for a lot of people, it's easier oftentimes to identify the feeling, right? So, I mean, I see it like even in your guys's group and stuff like that, where there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of fear, 
And I think especially like when they're trying to move out of diet culture and, and into the intuitive eating, they're still carrying the fear of, am I doing this right? Or maybe I shouldn't be so focused on what I'm eating, but I feel like I just keep going back there. And so I think like that right there in and of itself is that they're still carrying kind of the shame and the fear and the doubt that was in the behaviors inside of the diet culture and the diet mentality. They're carrying all of that same mental and emotional baggage into this intuitive eating aspect. And so I think a lot of times it's like people will tell you their story, like they'll just start to spill it, you know, this, 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 and this is happening. And in their mind, that's like the truth. That's the reality of the situation. But really then as their coach, I just listen for, okay, these are the actions that they're taking. These are things that they're thinking currently. Um, they'll either say like, I'm just feeling so exhausted or I'm, you know, just anxious and or I just say like, okay, and like, how are you feeling right now? If you think about food or if you think about exercise or um, going to the doctor and they're going to ask you to go on the scale, like what are the feelings that are starting to surface for you? Because I think for a lot of people, that's way easier to identify than what are you thinking about that? <laughs> you know, because what they're thinking about it is the story that they're telling you. And so then you know, you can just kind of come in and kind of start to tease it out. So that's why I'm a huge fan. Even if somebody's not working with a coach or even with my own clients, it's like, we do a lot of journaling. It's like, okay, I want you to write down whatever the topic is, like maybe the last weight that you recorded at the doctor's office or that the doctor did, or the last thing that you ate or whatever the thing is. And just journal, like what are, just journal about it. And then we can kind of come back together and take a look at that and tease out, okay, here are some feelings that kind of seem to be a pattern coming up for you. Here are some different thoughts that you seem to be kind of looping. Maybe you say it in a different way, um, but just like bringing the awareness is so valuable and something that I think we completely bypass, especially when we're brand new to any sort of like personal development work or growth work or anything like that. We just think that the story that our brain is telling us is the news. Like that's just the reality of life rather than really looking at it and kind of questioning again, going back to the questioning of like, okay, you know, as Christians, like I believe the only absolute truth is what's found in God's word. So anything that is happening in my brain, that's not his scripture, I think is up for <laughs> up for grabs in terms of like questioning and dissecting a little bit and wrestling with. Yeah, that's so true. I'm thinking about too, you said, you know, we're talking about eating or exercise or whatever your habits and you could be doing the same thing and it could be really healthy for me and really unhealthy for you just because mm -hmm. of our thought process or why we're doing mm -hmm. it. And I'm, I'm seeing like the strong connection in that with like faith and uh, like spiritual practices as well. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to church? Why are you reading your Bible? Why are mm -hmm. you praying? Mm -hmm. What's the heart behind those actions as well? Are you doing it because you have to? Are you doing it to get approval? Are you doing it for God's acceptance? Are you truly doing it like out of love and worship, out of wanting to connect with him? So I, I'm just, I don't know why that, that is such a big thing in my head right now. Um, we kind of do this in the, in all these areas of our lives 
And sometimes you, you take a step away from eating healthy or exercise healthy quotes or exercising (laughs) or going to church or attending a small group. Sometimes you have to step away because you recognize the motivations aren't pure or maybe it is an idol. Maybe you're trying to earn something, whatever. And you have to kind of like step away and reevaluate and work on your heart and get some changes. And then you can step back into those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's always just coming back to like, is it fear-based or is it based on love? Right. And it's like those, the two scriptures that I think of primarily, it's like, number one, as believers, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and depending on your translation, self-control, self-discipline, sound mind. And then the other one, you know, perfect love casts out fear. And so it's just, it's coming back to like, am I making this decision? Is it being driven by fear or by love? And I think those are kind of the two root emotions that every other emotion grows out of. And so it's just always just looking at, okay, I'm feeling super anxious about this right now about eating this, or I skipped the next, you know, workout or whatever the thing is. And it's really, you know, it's just kind of checking in with yourself of like, okay, anxiety, you know, as a believer, you can also back that up and say, like, God tells us not to be anxious for anything. So then that right there, it's kind of a check. Okay, this is probably rooted in some sort of fear. Mm-hmm. I can make a note and come back to this later, or I can really sit with this and spend some time if I, you know, have the mental and emotional bandwidth in that moment. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I love that. It's really boils down to one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't agree more with that. And so I'm wondering, Alicia, what is the like what is the process for getting your motivation out of the fear-based space? How do you break free from that fear and move Mm -hmm. into the love space? And like, what, what did that freedom journey look like for you? Mindset wise, heart wise, um, behavior wise. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things I realized was how much time and energy I had spent or I was spending on exercise and food and my body and I think that was like, I don't know if it, if you'd say a conviction or if it was just really kind of this epiphany of like, oh my gosh, like there are so many other things that I want to do and I want to accomplish in my life that I feel like maybe I was put here to do. And it was just, you know, I think kind of shifting that from that inward focus to like, if I want to be able to do and accomplish all of these things, then yeah, I'm, you know, I want to take care of my body, whatever that looks like. And for me, it's, you know, I love to move like that is something that I enjoy doing every single day. Um, I love weight training, you know, like I still love a lot of these things. And I think it's just looking at it from this place of like, I'm doing it in order that I can go out and do these other things rather than that being sort of the means to the end of like, I'm doing it so that I I don't know, I guess I can feel good about myself or like whatever it is, but it's just really looking at it from like, this is a foundation that I get to go out. I get to play with my kids. I get to go, you know, coach my clients. I get to go do these things, whatever that is. 
So just really looking at, you know, are you doing it kind of as that is the end game goal or are you doing it to support like different dreams and visions and values and things that are important to you or things that you feel like God has kind of placed on your heart um, to pursue. And I think for me, that has been like a huge game changer, whereas no longer is like exercising or, you know, making certain food choices for this place of like, just so that I can look good and feel good. But it's like, okay, I know if I don't move for a few days, then I'm, I I feel more tired than if I just get up and go for a walk. Um, You know, but I think it's just, again, it's like checking in with your body, checking in with, are you like pushing yourself to do this? Or are you feeling kind of pulled along? I think it's kind of a good way to put it too. I like that push versus pull picture too. Mm-hmm. It definitely mm-hmm. resonates for, for my experience with that. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, I, I mean, this is kind of how you started it. Like what, what are your thoughts and feelings if you don't do it? Mm-hmm. Like that's often such a good uh, kind of can be an alarm or mm-hmm. to let you know like, oh, something's off here. You know, if there's mm-hmm. no shame that's coming in um versus like genuinely being like oh man I didn't get my walk today and I would have enjoyed that that stinks Mm -hmm. versus like oh I didn't walk today like I'm terrible or I'm gonna be unhealthy or yeah just that I used to like let my brain totally go that way like one missed workout and I'm like horrible and shame spiral yeah like (laughs) Mm -hmm. the big huge spiral so, oh man, so, yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> the way you're talking about it too, though, setting it up like, is it your foundation for the rest of life or is it your life? And I think that's a really mm-hmm. good, a good, really good segue into uh, what I'm really hoping to spend some time on with you is just this idea of we have this freedom now. And what is it for? What should we be doing with that rest of life? Um, and I'm just wondering if, if the Lord has put anything on your heart about that. Well, I, I mean, I think this vision that I feel like he's kind of given me, and it's so funny when you get this thing and you're like, okay, I don't really know if this is something, but then I've heard the same concept from like a few other different people. So I'm like, okay, like maybe this actually, there is something behind it, but, um, this idea of like a North star. And so I, believe that God has given each of us kind of this vision or this idea about maybe who he created us to be like in the perfect world, in the perfect universe, like had the fall never happened, like who would we be living our lives as? And I think that each and every one of us has kind of this notion or just sort of the sense of like who that is, what she would be doing with her time where she would be investing her energy, her efforts, her gifts, her talents, all of these things. And I think that's kind of like the North star of like who you are. Right. And so it's really using that person, you know, spending time, like dreaming her up, getting to know her and really using that person to kind of help you guide your decisions and like how you're spending your time you know, all of these different things. And it's like, when I think about that version of myself, like she's not stressed about what she's going to eat. She's not worried about, you know, what she looks like or her, the clothes, the things like that. Like 
she's out there changing the world and, you know, really bringing this freedom to other people with the hope that they like it, you know, it's that spark that then goes on to light somebody else and they go on to light something else. And I was like, in the fabric of humanity, we were all created to play a specific and unique part in God's redemption story. And so I think for me, that really is the freedom. It's like freeing yourself from anything that is enslaving you or holding you back, you know, whether that's around food or exercise or whatever, and really leaning into that freedom is walking without the shame, walking without the guilt and walking toward you know, that vision that you feel like God has kind of placed in your heart of who he created you to be. Oh, I love that. Beautifully put. The um, freedom from is not the end of it. Like freedom from, Mm -hmm. yes, celebrate it, but like freedom to Mm -hmm. be who he made you to be. Like, I feel like a lot of times we forget that next part and like the freedom can be so shocking if we've been living in bondage for a really long time. I think something that I've noticed uh, in women who are walking this out and doing this work in their own lives is the purpose and the freedom that Mm -hmm. is like just there and you don't know what to do with yourself. (laughs) So do you have any tips for kind of um, getting in touch with, like, as you put it, your North star, who God created you to be other other than um, just dreaming it up, like, do you have any practices that helped you identify that for yourself? Yeah. Encouragement for women that want to like step out in that freedom and figure out what the rest of that looks like. Yeah. So I think, you know, again, it's just like, you could start with just a free for all just journal session. Like if I could do anything in the world, what would that be? If I could solve any problem, like what is that problem? Who are the people that God has put on your heart? Like what burdens do you have? What problems do you see in the world that needs solving? Um, You know, what are the gifts and the talents? What are the things that you really enjoy doing? I think so often, especially the more wrapped up we are in diet culture, we don't, we don't have the time or the energy to think about that because we're thinking about calories and when we're going to work out next and, or shaming ourselves for not doing it. So I think the first thing is just like getting all of these things out on paper and really getting to know yourself a little bit. And, you know, you may need to ask other people that are trusted in your life of like, when you look at me, what are some of the things that you notice or the gifts that you see? Or, you know, how do you think I could, whatever that is? I mean, maybe you just know it intuitively about yourself or maybe involving somebody else. I think that, um, and then really spend some time with like your priorities in this season of life. Um, You know, so for, some women with smaller children, like maybe going out and starting something completely independent isn't feasible right now. Right. So maybe it's like, what could I do between naps or after the kids go to bed or whatever? So it's like, what are your priorities? What are your values? What are the things that are really important to you um, that are kind of your non-negotiables? Because I think that really just helps you say yes and no to things so much easier. Like when you are very clear on your vision, on your values, on your priority, on the things that are most important to you as opportunities come up, you can say a very confident yes or a very confident no, understanding that like as individuals, we're not meant to solve all the world's problems. And if I'm saying yes to something that would is more like suited for you, Aaron, or you, Shar, then I'm not saying yes to the things that are best suited for me. And I'm also taking that opportunity from somebody else as well. So 
don't feel bad about saying no to things. I think that could be a whole nother That's so <laughs> podcast good. episode, but um, just, I think the more clarity you have about your vision and kind of where you feel like God is wanting you to go, it just becomes so much easier. <laughs> He's been telling me stay in your lane for like a long time. So that was some good confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have like, like two things I want to address with this. Okay. One okay. is like, the woman that's saying like, this seems so self-focused. Hmm. I don't like, do I really like, should I really be doing this much like self-development or self-focus or focusing on myself? What are your thoughts around that? Um, I think again, it comes back to the heart, right? It's like, if I'm just doing all of this, focusing on what I'm going to get out of this, then yeah, I could see where that could be definitely selfish. Um, I would also say playing devil's advocate a little bit is that a lot of times there are women who shy away from doing things and, and working on themselves and they end up being super resentful of the quote unquote serving that they're doing, because again, it's not about the action. It's about the heart, right? So it's like, if you're not ever taking care of yourself and you're just out there, like quote unquote, serving people but you're doing it from an empty, resentful, bitter place, then I would really just challenge you to kind of check your heart and whether or not you're actually serving or, you know, is God kind of calling you to know you need to come and sort of tend to your own garden before you're out there trying to help everybody else with theirs. Um, And so I think, you know, it always just comes back to knowing where your growth is for some people. Yeah. Maybe you need to spend a little less time working on yourself and getting out there and working on, you know, helping other people, working in other people's lives. Um, But then for some people, I think, especially like as Christian women, that's one of those narratives that, nope, I just need to be out there serving and, and, and taking care of other people, but yet their heart is kind of a wreck. And so it's just knowing, I think, where your growth is in each season. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about the woman that is sitting down to journal this or create her vision board or let herself like truly dream about what she wants, what it looks like if she, you know, if she could do anything and like what it would look like and what really sets her heart on fire. And maybe she's even praying through that with God. And as she's creating it, she's thinking, this doesn't really look like Christian woman enough. Like, oh gosh, you know, like I, these are the things I really want to do, but I don't really know that this is like serving enough or doing enough for people. This isn't mm-hmm. missions in Africa, so it probably can't count. Mm-hmm. Well, for one, I've been there, and I would say that's something that God has been working out in my heart because there has been that wrestling of like, okay, if this doesn't look like ministry in the general sense, or Uh, That was definitely, I think, a line of shame and guilt and a lie that I was believing is that a Christian woman looks a certain way and doing ministry has to look a certain way. Um, And so I think he's really has just challenged me and opened me up to see that, right? Like I can look out at other people that I admire. I know they're Christians. I know that it's a Christian-based business, but on the surface, like you wouldn't say that that looks like a ministry, right? And so I think it's just, um, it's just exploring, I guess, that for yourself and with God, like, does it have to look a certain way? But I guess even this 
like anytime the word enough comes up, that to me is a huge red flag. This isn't Christian enough, or this doesn't look good enough. Um, I just strongly would caution against believing anything that your brain is offering up where the word enough (laughs) is in there, because uh, to me, that is not something that is of the Lord. And that is definitely one of those fear-based thoughts. Mm, Totally agree. Yeah. Red flag all day on that word. (laughs) Yeah. Anytime it's like, oh, I didn't do enough or I could have done more. I think just oh, that's a really good indicator that this is actually not even something I need to entertain. And instead, like, you know, what what would be enough or, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, who, yeah. It's like- who actually is enough because there's like one man <laughs> that yeah. was yeah. enough. It's never going to be us or anything that we do. Yeah. And, you know, it's the, it's just recognizing too that like our sufficiency only comes through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so- you know, thank God I don't have to do everything perfect or, you know, enough that he can take all of that and redeem, you know, I was just thinking about that. Like he can redeem all the lost time that we ever spent dieting or, you know, in that or in the shame or the guilt or any. Um, so yeah, I guess if you're ever questioning if it's enough (laughs) of anything, then I, I would just really encourage you to explore that and, uh, to even just practice dismissing it. I just want to throw in the ring. If we're, if we were using words to create flags around, I'm going to throw perfect in there too. I think that one's a little bit more obvious, but even just like, I started noticing that in the last couple of months, just how I use it in everyday language, like, Oh, this dish is perfect. And it's like, Oh, (laughs) like, Bringing that critical awareness and thinking about your thoughts and watching your words as they're coming out of your mouth. And y'all, we've we've all three of us collectively have been doing this work for a long time and we still do it, right? Right. We still catch it. It's an ongoing process. (laughs) It's an ongoing process. So um, we're bringing awareness to something now. And I think the challenge is to receive that openly and not judge yourself if you see yourself doing it. Like, the whole mm-hmm. point of this is to learn how to stop judging and judging things as being enough or perfect. I mean, that's part of it. Like the awareness that we need to bring to how we're thinking about our thoughts and words and like getting down to the root of, is this fear-based or is this love-based mm-hmm. is daily work, ongoing mm-hmm. work, like you said. And one um, thing really quick to add about self-awareness, I think when you're in the beginning, it's easier to gain self-awareness after the fact, right? So after something happens and you can reflect, and then I think the next phase, so is gaining awareness in the moment. And then eventually with practice, you can start to gain awareness before the thought even creeps in or before you're even taking the action. Oh, good. So, so, so good. I love that you're bringing that up because like years of therapy, folks, of like (laughs) working on this process of looking back and figuring out what was going on and why I acted that way or why I felt that way, whatever. And then, 
you know, in the moment recognizing, oh, this might be related to that. And that's why I'm feeling this, whatever. And then moving to the stage of this could be a situation that brings up X, Y, and Z for me. How am I going to prepare to cope with that? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so, so good. That's huge for eating disorder recovery. That's huge for trauma. I mean, that's huge for, for any sort of mental health is kind of working through that process. And I think it's so lovely, lovely. It's such a lovely, beautiful gift that we can get kind of these red flags in our life of, you know, with food, I always talk about, you know, you, you might have, like, I still have these moments where I'm like, wow, I'm standing here at the pantry wanting to eat all these cookies. What, like something upset me or something stressing me out, or it's kind of like this, like this little gift that God gives me, like, Charlie, you're not like, you're not coping with your stress right now. You know, <laughs> I feel like, Oh, what was stressing me out? So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really beautiful. And I love that you talked about like helping people name their emotions, recognize mm-hmm. the emotions that they're feeling. Because I always talk about that. That's really like our first cue that like our thinking's off or we're ruminating on something or that there's something so it's like this gift that God gives us of, hey, something's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just provides so much awareness of, like you said, the thinking, but then also the actions that come after a thought, right? Like mm-hmm. we are creatures of habit. And so if, you know, we found that when I'm feeling anxious, if I did this once or a couple of times and it sort of solved like temporarily the feeling of anxiety then my brain just latches on to mm-hmm. eat the cookies when you're feeling anxious and you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. The brain doesn't also like remember, but also remember like afterwards, the anxiety is still there, probably also layered with guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like the the emotion and the feeling is just sort of the heart, I think of it. And it uh, really, it gives us that window into what's the thinking that's driving the, the actions but then also what, when I'm feeling this way, what are the actions that I tend to do to try to solve mm-hmm. for feeling like this? And can I just kind of lean into, okay, I'm feeling stressed right now. Yep. So actually, it's totally fine. It's not a problem. Yeah. What can I do that's like a healthy, adaptive coping mechanism rather than a maladaptive one that's going to create another cascade of issues down the road? So good. Great advice. Oh my goodness. So Alicia, you're going to have to tell, uh, tell everybody about what you offer online, where they can find you because clearly, you know, what you're talking about, I'm so into this mindset work. This is some fantastic, (laughs) fantastic stuff. So, um, you know, if they don't already recognize you from our Facebook group, um, tell them, tell them where you are online and where, um, where they can connect with you and your resources. Yeah. Um, so I'm at Alicia Carlson underscore on Instagram and I think Facebook as well. Um, I do have my own podcast called the strong her way. So that's a lot of like nutrition, fitness, and just life transformation, uh, topics there. Um, and then if you want to snag a free resource, you can just go to aliciacarlson.com and you can find the link to the podcast there as well as get, um, my freebie. So if you want to grab that, then do that. But I just always love connecting with people and hearing their stories. So if any part of this resonated with you, please feel free to shoot me a message. I would just love to hear more of your story. 
um, more of what you're walking through right now and then just encourage you along the way. So. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Are Thank we ready you so much for having me. Our, our quick, yeah. we got quick questions. You're not off. You're not off the hook yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this part. Yes. Okay. So then the classic coffee or tea and how do you take it? Oh my gosh. Coffee literally all day. I can think of maybe less than five times a year that I drink tea unless it's iced. <laughs> and if I if drinking coffee, definitely with cream and a little stevia, a little sweetener. Nice. I like it blonde. <laughs> yes. Mm, coffee. So good. Um, okay. Your favorite Bible, like favorite translation or favorite study Bible or. This, I feel like I go in different seasons. I really love, I know there's like probably controversy about having the Bible app versus having a physical Bible. I love having the Bible app because I can look at a piece of scripture in different translations. Um, I would say like my standard one is typically the ESV. Um, but then I just love the way that the message puts certain things, you know, like, I mean, now it's not cool slang anymore, but I think sometimes like it just puts it self, you know, so point blank of like, don't criticize yourself, like don't compare yourself. And it doesn't necessarily say it the same way in the other translation. So I would say ESV or the message probably. Yeah. I like to look at the message too sometimes, especially if I'm kind of like him hawing about what something means. I go read the message and be like, oh, okay. But Uh, also I will say I've learned to really start to read commentaries too. So I think there's some value in that of like digging in a little bit deeper as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So fun, right? Oh, I love footnotes. Karen's the footnote queen. She gives us all the good commentary footnote action. Oh, I love Um, it. Okay, a rainy afternoon. Are you like Netflix or reading a good book? Uh, I would say it kind of depends on my emotional state. I used to just like always zone out on Netflix, and I realized that was one of my maladaptive coping skills. Um, So it depends, but I would say probably more apt to do a rainy or a rainy book, a book, and then a nap on a rainy day. Love naps. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. <laughs> I don't, well, unless it's like super embarrassing, but I'm usually an open book. So is your car clean or are there like Cheerios and kids' shoes and books? And is it what's going on in the back seat? Oh my gosh. Uh it's like medium clean. I think right now we have sand from being at the beach. I just kind of look at my little section in the driver's seat and I'm like, it's clean right here. So <laughs> it must be just as clean everywhere else. Yes. Yes. I love it. And then I, I get in the back seat for something and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys need to get the shop back and get out here and clean my car. <laughs> yes. Clean up your own mess. Yes. Um, and what's your favorite body movement right now? What are you digging? Uh, well, I like to dance just for fun sometimes, but in terms of like, I guess maybe more structured movement, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I am a huge fan of weightlifting. Like Mm -hmm. in my mind, 
not that not should as in you should do this or else you're not Mm -hmm. okay. But like, I just think every woman, literally you should get with some heavy weights because it just will change the way that you show up in the world. There's just something about feeling powerful in your body, which you can get that from anywhere. But I am just a huge fan of going out and smashing some big weights in my garage. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I I always talk about like, there's nothing, it took me a long time to give myself permission to do this again, but like, there is nothing like Olympic weightlifting. Oh yeah. Like throwing up a snatch or like, it's like such a good feeling. Yeah. And no shame and like, do you at yeah. whatever way, place that you're at. But I just cannot recommend it enough that, you know, it just, it is, it will just like put you on fire to get out into the world and like, just be powerful for God's kingdom. Uh, See, so that's (laughs) part of your North Star, like that totally fires you up, lights you up. And there's some other women out there that are like, that sounds awful. (laughs) Me and my five pound dumbbells are going to walk in the neighborhood and like feel on fire too. So (laughs) do that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Everybody do you. I love it. Let's end on that. Everybody do you. (laughs) (laughs) This was fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, would you mind closing us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. And we are so thankful that we can get together um, and just share about what you're doing in each of our lives, but also that we can just kind of celebrate and embrace the differences and the diversity in which you have created each of us for. So I just pray now that um, you would just continue to release us from the slavery and the strongholds of our minds that are not of you, that you would continue to release us to walk in the freedom that you have given us through your son, um, but also that we would just walk boldly and courageously as the women that you have created us to be, so that we can get out into the world and do the work that you have uh, just created us for, and ultimately to glorify you, to serve and love those and the broken world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This episode is brought to you by our online course, Ditch the Diet Masterclass. If you are ready to break free from diet culture and being a slave to the scale, it's time to ditch the diet and reclaim your body and your life for God's purpose. You can learn more and sign up on our podcast website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. That's intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com. Just click on the shop tab at the top and navigate to online courses. Thanks for listening today, sister. We will see you in the next episode.